Hey, what's up? Today's guest is author and speaker Gabriela Kovac, and we talk stepping outside the square, Holocaust survival, and having fun. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be, and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yardings. And today's special guest is Gabriella Kovac. And Gabriella is an author all the way from Australia that has an amazing story and and journey to share with us today that is applicable to you no matter what age you are. And I am so excited to say, Gabriella, welcome to the show today. How are you doing? Blake, thank you very much for having me on the show. And I'm doing awesome. That's a good word. I just thought of it. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome to hear. So thanks for coming on. What what struck me as as very fascinating when you reached out to me about being on the show was just that you know this the story about your mother who survived during you know Nazi wartime and that to me in itself is just just an incredible experience you know that i believe needs to be shared with others but before we get into that can you just talk about you know who you are um and what you tell people that you do when they ask you. Right. Well, I was born in Hungary. I was born straight after the war. And uh, I was part of, I actually saw the tanks under my window when the Hungarian Revolution was only 1957, 56. Okay. Exactly. Wow. And there was a time when we thought they were shooting from us and guess what they were shooting at us wow so it was an interesting time and then through my mother's genius we uh, came to australia after the borders were closed so that's what i usually tell people i am part of the holocaust Mm -hmm. because i was born after that but you know in reality blake when you first when i first came to australia because it was such a hard thing to say to anybody that you're jewish Mm -hmm. it took some time for me to actually talk openly about these things. And as I told you earlier, then a friend of mine decided to start Toastmasters. And one of the questions in Toastmasters was, what was your happiest time? Hmm. And all of a sudden, like a lightning bolt, I remembered, because my mother was very, I don't know what you call her. She was an amazing personality. And what she decided, although that we're Jewish, she decided to put a Christmas tree up during communism. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, an eight-foot Christmas tree that you could see from the window everywhere. Wow. And so I talked about it, and it started me thinking that I really should write these things down. <laughs> right. And, and that's how we started writing the book. <laughs> that, that's incredible. So the book, let's... Let's get into that. What 
what is it that you wrote in the book that that was so powerful and what what were these other experiences and stories that that you shared you see the book is about the nazis about the holocaust about communism and these things when people when you mention these things people start dreading it and having shivers down down, down their spine mm-hmm. but the way i've been brought up with and what my mother was doing was turned it around and she looked at the opportunities and the good side of it or what you can do when you are having such a suppression on you. Okay. Okay. So that's one of the main reasons I wrote the book. When Because when I looked at that Christmas tree and I thought, that was crazy. Why would somebody put a Christmas tree up like they're putting their life on the line? Right. But it was really sending a message of, hey, this is freedom. Mm. And that's what I wanted to tell others. And that's the message I'm trying to tell. And that's why I go on to shows so people get the idea that freedom is within you and your viewpoints in life. Mm-hmm. And if you are willing and allow that in, you can achieve magic. That's incredible. I like I like that you said that. So I am curious, can you also, you know, share what your mother's story was? You know, how did she, you know, muster up the strength and, and the courage at that time to to do what she did? What was her motivation when when everything around her was just complete chaos? I think when you read the book, it starts with her being a small child mm-hmm. and I think her father must have been a genius because he must have foreseen what was going to happen and he brought her up to be he kept telling her she was beautiful intelligent nothing could go wrong what she did and hmm. she was in a magic bubble Wow! and she actually believed it's not even a belief she knew she was in a magic bubble mm-hmm and it helped her right through, right through communism, right through the war. It just, she kept thinking outside the square and coming up with solutions instead of having a problem and, and buckling under. And that was like unheard of for that time. So that's an incredible that, that her father was able to instill that in her. And I didn't ask, what was your mother's name? Her name was Georgina. Georgina. And that book is called Georgina. Holocaust survival stories. Wow. So what, are there any like interesting stories that you came across that you'd be able to share with us today? Well, that, well with the Christmas tree, that was one which mm-hmm. made me start, it really started the ball rolling. But I always knew because she used to talk about it. Nobody else in the family would talk about it. Okay. But she used to tell us that when she saw that people had to, the law became that Jewish people had to wear a Star of David. She just looked at it and I thought, forget it. I think I'd rather tint my hair blonde and get a very, very good false passport. Mm. Again, as I said, think outside the square. Yes, yes, that that is so true. When 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 things when everyone else is doing things a certain way, you you can. You look I'll, at what's. So you look at what's survival for you, right. and doesn't matter what the law is, is it survival for you? 
Yes, yes, yes. And I think that's an interesting point. So growing growing up with your mom, you know, did she instill, you know, the, the same magical bubble around you? You know, what, what was your experiences like growing up? No, I never felt that I had the bubble, but mm-hmm. I did feel that I could see the way she operated, mm-hmm. that she was definitely in a bubble. And she had these amazing sayings, like uh, one of them was, which I really want to put across to people, is never, ever, ever show fear mm. because even a dog can smell fear and it will bite you. And she used to say that all the time. And her other saying was, if a door closes, another one will always, always open. That is so true. It is. And her third saying, and you t- like these sayings I had daily, if you know what I mean. It was mm-hmm. interesting. I, bo- I was brought up with them. And the other one was, and that she really kept because she was just so good at it. She used to say, the streets are paved with gold. You just have to know how to pick it up. Hmm. I like that one too. And my God, did she know how to pick it up. <laughs> you know, like being a small child watching it, it was just amazing. Like under communism, she ran, she ran a business. Wow. She ran several businesses under their eyes and they never, ever got wise what she was doing. That is incredible. And yeah. what, what did that do for you? Because I'm sure you saw, you know, growing up that uh, perhaps the other kids didn't get the same thing at home or did you just think that everyone else was getting the same information as well? No, I knew that I was different, but Mm -hmm. the only problem was with the whole thing and that's one of the main reasons that Toastmasters helped me was because I knew what was going on, I wasn't allowed to talk. Okay. And I knew that I can't open my mouth. <laughs> mm. And why weren't why weren't you allowed to talk? Well, if anybody found out what she was doing, okay, mm-hmm. she'd be in jail. Okay, right. Wow, that's incredible. You weren't allowed to have a business. You mm-hmm. weren't allowed to have a free trade. Wow. So she was what? Uh, just just completely doing <laughs> things to the beat of her own drum. Definitely. Hmm. That, and nobody has once once that was another of, of thing that was amazing once we the secret police did come to our place to arrest her mm, wow yeah and they actually did take her to Hungary's worst jail it's a very famous jail called the house of terror mm-hmm. but she was out within 10 days and not a not a hair on her head was touched wow she just Knew how to play the game. Jeez, and she had this this zest, and and you said that's what motivated you to write the book. What when you go out and you do your speaking appearances uh, and you're inspiring others, you know what message do you instill with them, and and what type of questions are they asking you that you find uh, would be of value today to hear as well. Looking at the questions, mostly people want to know about how did she do it, how did she pull it off. But really, the best answer is read the book because Mm -hmm. there's just so many anecdotes in there of 
by because I've the intention that I wanted to get across to people that to motivate them and to inspire them. Not being an English speaking person, I wrote the book. It was if do you know the amount of intention you need to write a book when you don't you're not from this country originally right, right. and you don't have the vocabulary mm-hmm. and I just just did it because wow. I thought that it had to be done and that I could pass across to others to learn how to think outside the square to believe in yourself and if nobody believes in you you have to believe in yourself and if there's somebody out there who gets what I'm saying if it's just one person it changes then I've done my job yes yes I, and I think that's awesome and something that I, that I asked you before we started was you know how old you were do you mind sharing that on the on the show as well no i am 67 years old wow and yeah originally i started as i said I've, i came to australia when i was about 11 okay and i uh Started being originally, I loved fashion and sewing. And my parents, one of the businesses that she started in Australia was with fashion and design. So I became a pattern maker and a fashion designer. Okay. Yeah. If you go onto my website, which is gabriellakovac.com, mm-hmm. there's some designs there, and I make all my own clothes still. And wow. I love it. I just like designing and playing around with fabrics. And that's what I basically did most of my life until I decided to uh, become a public speaker and write a book. Wow. And totally changed directions. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how old one is. Mm-hmm. If you have an intention to do something and you really want to do it, nothing can stop you. Yes. And so can we talk about you know, steps, you mentioned how you were at first in, in, in desi- fashion and design, and then you switched, you know, to this, this new phase of your life. What, <laughs> what, what were, you know, challenges? Cause I know there's different challenges for everyone. Did, did, what were those challenges for you and how did you keep pushing forward? Did you surround yourself with other motivating people or was it just within you and what your mother instilled in you? I think it's a lot of it from what my mother instilled mm-hmm. and it sort of just came forth Okay. with with me writing. First, when I did the public speaking and I realized, hey, that Christmas tree, there was a lot more to that Christmas tree than because she just said, kids need magic in their lives. I'm going to put up a Christmas tree. And right. you never, ever argued with Georgina. You just never <laughs> argued with her. If she wanted to put a Christmas tree up, she put a Christmas tree up. And I realized that there was a lot more in that. There was a lot, a, a, a much deeper message than just a Christmas tree. Mm. And then I started looking at it. And before she passed away, unfortunately, she did die about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Sorry I, to hear that. Yeah. I thought down all the things that she told me in sort of bulletin form. And I said, is that what you were talking to me about, mom? Mm-hmm. And she said, yep. Mostly it's, you know, that's about mostly right. <laughs> <laughs> so then I went and did a whole lot of research about then the create and the intention pushes you forward. Mm-hmm. It just gets you. If you have that intention, I just wonder how I can delay it to people. 
when you say, no, I can't do it, then you won't be able to do it. Mm. If you have the slightest doubt within you, it can't happen. Mm -hmm. But if you intend and you have, it is what you want, the magic happens and doors open and you find people that will help you. Mm. And magic happens. And magic will only happen if you create and intend to create. Definitely. So I wanted to ask you is what what are your thoughts on failure? Failure is just a lesson. Mm-hmm. And I have a lovely lady that with all this intention I found and She's a Muslim lady, and okay. we get on like a house on fire, and she <laughs> loves my book, and she loves some of the stuff that I do and my madness. And when, you know, when we have a stop or somebody says, no, we're not, you're not going to be able to do that, we just look at each other and just, we just say, next. <laughs> right. And that's your answer to failure. Next. Mm-hmm. I think that that's important to hear because... When when failure happens, like you said, it, it's it's just a lesson learned. Nothing nothing changes. <laughs> nothing changes at all. You know, it's just okay. Now I know what to do for next time. Really, yeah. And then exactly right. And so people listening in, you know, failure isn't a bad thing, as as Gabriella said. Take that as as a. But I, I like to call it, you know, experiential learning. You know, we're we're not perfect people. We're always going to make mistakes, but those mistakes are what help move us forward as Gabriella says when you are intentional about what it is that you want to do do you know Blake just to give you an example and when I was in a fashion design Mm -hmm. I once upon a time made this dress and it was in a very very expensive suede and I cut the sleeves too short Mm. and I thought Holy hell, the sleeves are short. It looks horrible. It's a suede. And it's a winter garment with short sleeves. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you do? Design something on this and make it longer. <laughs> Just add. <laughs> it became one of my nicest garments. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. We made, oh, just did this wild stuff with the sleeves and another design around it. Wow. It just became a different design. Right. And that's what happens out there. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work the way you intend it, learn from the mistake and do a better job because now you know how to do a better job. Right. You have to be I, – I think I'm hearing you say you got to be flexible and, yes. and, and, and go with <laughs> it. You know, when, when something – because what I've realized is that when I think – I have something planned the way I want it to be. It seldom happens that way, but but I have to be able to adjust and and keep moving forward either way. Hmm. So you can't really. There's there are no stops if mm-hmm. unless unless you agree with them. Mm-hmm. Just don't agree. Right. So you're you're sixty seven and. Full of zest and full of life and energy, and you're doing Toastmasters. You said you've already have the one book out about your mom, and 
before we started the show, you mentioned that you're doing another book. What's that one going to be about? Well, my second book is about a person. It's very similar to the first one. Mm-hmm. It's about a person, again, before the World War, and they a young child, but they live in one of the European countries, a very backward country. Okay. And has, because the war comes in, no education or very little education, and how they overcome all of that. And again, they do come to Australia because I knew that it is based on truth, but it is more of a, a, a romantic fiction. Okay. And uh, the, he comes to Australia and he just gets incredible stops because he's so naive about life. Mm. And in the end, he makes it and just makes it because of she guts. Wow. So sheer guts and, and it, go ahead. Yeah, she guts. And that's what the, the, the second book is about. And it is a tr- based on a true story because I know the person. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's, that's incredible. So with, with the, the book that you're writing, what, what else are you doing? Because you, to me, you seem like someone who is, you know, out there and impacting lives. You know, what do you do as far as speaking? Do you travel to go do these events or primarily in Australia? What does that look like I for you? I primarily stay in Australia. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of, I get a lot of invitations to libraries. Wow. And I, because of, because of the book and the book is a bestseller. So I do a lot of interviews like yours mm-hmm. on TV and radio. Wow. And as I said, now it's, what is that, uh, 1.30 a.m. in Australia. So I'm going to sleep in tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. Yeah. (laughs) And I do a lot of interviews. I do a lot of blogs. And also a lot of my time is taken up with writing my new book. Promoting the uh, Georgina and writing the new book and going to Toastmasters, I love it. It really does help me. And a couple of other writers' meetings. It's good fun. That's, that's awesome. Keeps you excited. It really yes. does. It really does. So I wanted to ask, what part of Australia are you in? I live in the beautiful city of Sydney. Okay. And so right now, what is it? Are you guys in your summer now? Yes, it's springtime in Sydney spring, spring and all time. the yeah, all the flowers are out and I grow strawberries and all the strawberries are hanging off and it's good fun. <laughs> yes, that sounds that sounds awesome. Right here in Michigan, we're getting ready for for uh winter. Yeah, well, autumn is a nice time of the year as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really yeah. is. So, I wanted to also ask, you know, what what do you like to do for fun? You know, you have this this amazing life that you're living. You know, what the, what other things outside of writing and speaking and, and, and doing the um, Toastmasters do you like to do for fun? I like to cook. There's okay. some because I am Hungarian mm-hmm. and Hungarian and my grandmother was a very well known cook, and I. No craft a few of her recipes, so I do all my own cooking and have dinner parties. Oh wow! Which is a lot of fun. Yeah. With Hungarian goulash and uh, I don't know. Do you have you heard of floating islands? No. For what sweets? is what is that? Floating islands is a custard. Okay. That you put meringues on top of. Mm, that sounds good. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, and you can put a bit of uh, brandy in the custard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. Also, and you also said you made goulash. Now, what is that? That's a Hungarian dish. That's uh, beef mm-hmm. with uh, Hungarian cooking is with lots of paprika. Okay. And capsicums and tomatoes and onions, and then you put you basically stew the meat in that flavoring, so it becomes very tasty. Wow, that does sound really good. Yeah, I I am I am a foodie. I love you know trying different foods. You know you know from all over the place. Uh, one of my favorites right now is you know Thai food or. Some, something with spices, and I don't think I've had any Hungarian food, so that definitely would have to be next on my list to try. Well, there's a Hungarian. I think there's a chicken paprika on my website, okay. and I've been told it's pretty neat. You can always go and make it and see if you like it. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I, I like <laughs> trying out new recipes. So that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's... there's cakes there as well. Oh wow. <laughs> I might have to start cooking the things off of your site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd better do that because it's fun. Mm-hmm. So, and I do enjoy cooking. And I, as I said, I enjoy sewing. I make all my own clothes because I just – I love being a different. I like being an individual. And then I can wear what I want to wear and not what somebody else tells me to wear. Right, right. That That is incredible. So – and. I'm glad you mentioned that because you're saying you're still, you know, making your own clothes. What, what do you like making when you're when you know you're sewing and what's your what's your go-to outfit that you like to create? Well, different things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just made a top the other day because I bought this piece of fabric and for sitting. Then I thought, no, I bought this pair of pants. And they would look nice with a top. Oh, I've got this material. I may as well make it up. So there you go, new top. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's very creative. Again, you said thinking outside of the square. That That is incredible yeah. that you do that. I, I have never stitched, well, other than like when I was younger and we stitched together like a stuffed animal, but I haven't put together my own fabric. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. So I, I it did, is. It's fun. I did want to ask you, um, you know, two more questions because I I've enjoyed this conversation. It's <laughs> full of laughter and the the cool story about your mom and and what she taught you, and how you now inspire others to you know be their own person and to think outside of the square. What number one is. You know, what is your your call to action for myself and for the listeners as we go on throughout the rest of our day? To believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself and be creative Mm -hmm. and do what you want to do in life and you will be a much happier person. So you'll it. definitely fulfill yourself. You know, there's another, I don't know if I thought it in my book, but mm-hmm. there's another thing that, as I said, because I wasn't allowed to talk, we had a, a library mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of my time as a small child in the library. And my grandmother went up to my mum and said, Georgina, she's spending too much time in that library. Is there, is there any of the books that she shouldn't be reading? Mm-hmm. And you know what was the answer to it? No. She 
doesn't, if she doesn't understand it, she will ask. Mm -hmm. And if she doesn't ask, she won't know the answer. Hmm. But there's nothing that one should stop. Let them do what they want. I don't mean within these, within reason. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Right. But because the way I was brought up, because I had no fear of asking, I used to just say, hey, what's that? Mm -hmm. And then I was explained what it was without, you know, not putting anything onto it. And I found that it did help me to be as creative as I am because I didn't have the bounds of nobody ever said to me, you shouldn't do whatever. Mm -hmm. Try it. See if it works for you. If it doesn't work, don't do it. Right. I love hearing that. So thank you for sharing that. And the final question that I like to ask is, what is your definition of fulfilling life's yearnings? A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I love it. The other side, if you feel if you fulfill your life's yearnings, you will be rewarded with happiness. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that was the last question. So I'm glad you were able to come on today and, and, and share with us your story and the incredible story of your mother about, you know, not conforming to a life that you don't want to live and, and, and stepping outside of the square in trusting in yourself and believing in yourself that you can create the magic that you want in your life. You summed it up beautifully, Blake. That's exactly what it is. Awesome. You're Thank you. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. And did you have any final words that you wanted to say? The only thing is, yes, I do invite your listeners, if they'd like to go and have a look at the website, mm -hmm. it is gabriellakovang.com. And uh, if you want to cook, cook. If you want to sew dresses, sew dresses. And if you want to read the book, there's parts of it in there. There's also um, a trailer there. I don't know if you've seen the trailer. There's actually a trailer about the book, wow. which was done by one of the top photographers in Australia because he wanted to do it. Wow. I love that you said that, and, and we will end on that note. And as well, I, I will place a link in the show notes for Gabriella's website so you can check those things out. And like she said, if there's something you want to do, just do it. All right. Thanks, Blake. Thank you. <laughs> See you soon. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode, which is located on the home page, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.